What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is. Preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? The Celtic Warriors, James. Wardlow here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bye-bye. I will never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. All right. At that, I'm going to give us a real quick uh, uh, top of the thank you cheers to fans for sports network for uh, keeping us going over here. Well, cheers to them. Our drinking buddies. Cheers. Brother. Cheers. Clump, how are you liking the English ale? That's one of my favorite English ones. Uh, it's gone. So you liked it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I like Boddington a lot. I like, I like Boddington. I like Guinness. Um, I like the little, the little uh, ball that they have in there. So when you pour it into a glass, it has that perfect head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it used to be Balls a bone and head and bone a long time ago. And there's people who, uh, I think, in the taps, it still has it. The tap itself that pours a Guinness has a has a piece of bone. I think it's cow bone. So vegans can't actually drink Guinness on draft. They can only drink it out of a can. Nice. Uh, and if they don't know that or don't do it, then they're like a piece of shit vegan and you should definitely ridicule them. Definitely <laughs> call them a poser. Do those kinds of things. Just anything hateful. You know what I mean? Anything hateful to vegans, I'm in support of. You know, but whatever, man. Cheers to the vegans. You know, the no, no, no. <laughs> Not even a little. No. Uh, do you like the, do you like Schmidix? That one I've not heard of. It's spelled Smithwicks, and everyone thinks okay. it's Smithwicks. And it's a Guinness product, but it's really good. But when you go to a bar and you're trying to impress the bartender, you call it Schmidix. Especially if it's an Irish pub, then you're legit, dude. They Are you supposed you to say it like you're mid-drunk to sound it? I think they wrote all of their words drunk. <laughs> so there, There are jokes we can make that are not uh, great to make anymore. <laughs> we have yet to make good ones so i know. think that's a uh, three quarters of the catalog from the 90s you know what i mean yeah <laughs> that's true uh let's start off this one with the holy shit moment the biggest surprise of the year 2023 uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say it because it's just hard to say it's anything else no matter how many things I personally was more impacted by, or I was more surprised by, or that I loved more, I really think Punk's return to WWE Damn it. was probably the biggest one. And we can all say that if we want to. We don't have to. Because realistically, what made this return so big is that, well, for one, a year ago, Punk was in a multi-year contract with AEW. So if you were to say, by the end of the year, he's going to get fired and be out. People will be like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? That's ridiculous. It's not how contracts work, right? I don't understand contracts, you know? But he was signed to a, con a, a, a company for multi-years last year. He gets fired in a way that's very unbecoming. Mm -hmm. And the idea of him getting back into WWE before AEW existed was already like, no matter mm. how badly Vince or Triple H try, he's not going to do it. And at that point, once he got fired, it was no matter how much AE, uh, CM Punk tries, they are not going to bring him in because of how it all went. Uh, and we even said at the time, the only way Punk's getting into WWE 
is if he checks his ego at the door in a major way. And we've never seen anything from Punk publicly that have led us to believe that he has the ability to set his ego aside. Yeah. As it turns out, like he says, I've changed. And there's a very good possibility he truly has. He's gone through so much in the past year. There's a very real possibility that so much of it has altered his brain, uh, his perception of who he has been and who others were. Um, was it Freddie Prince said on his, Freddie Prince Jr. said on his podcast that um, one time CM Punk was out on in, on screen and Triple H was next to Freddie. And he said, you know, the only difference between him and, and, and us, you know, me and like Cena is uh, we're in the position he wishes he was. But if he was in our position, he would be doing the exact same thing. And once he ended up in AEW, people were like, yep, he's doing the exact same thing that they were doing. Right. So it's just surprising because it needed so much to happen and it happened. So, and I wish for the best for him again, not a big fan personally. Um, but if he really has changed perspective, then great. We can all benefit from that. Uh, but like it or not, it was a pretty like, Oh shit. A lot happened to get us to this moment, you know? Uh, so with that, I'm going to scoot over to clump cause clump, I think you had the same thing. I did, but it was more the reaction, that reaction to him, mm-hmm. that it was so positive still. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense that Punk's always been, it had to be in Chicago. I, I'll, I'll go with that all day long. I don't think he would have gotten that reaction in other places to that extent, but he yeah. he has a star power to him that I'm surprised by, given that, to me, his run in AEW kind of floundered. You know? It was an exciting, like, oh, wow, he's back moment, but then you didn't see much of him that I would would argue that if you didn't know of him, it was like, okay, well, what's so important about him? He's not doing much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I like that perspective on it, too. Bishop, what'd you have as your uh, holy shit moment, biggest surprise of the year? Yeah, I mean, while I agree with the way you laid out the punk stuff, for me, even when he showed up, I just had a deadpan reaction. I was like, okay, they actually did it, you know, because to all your guys' points, it's just so flat for me because it it is about what you can do now. Can can you do it? And AEW couldn't do it, in my opinion, you know, but Mm -hmm. what I think what Clump was uh, getting at is that even though he underdelivered, the support just stayed flat for him they, they never wanted to knock down his legend status while he was in AEW. at least the fanship yeah. did it you know they yeah. never turned on him which was, was crazy to me crazy yeah. to me. even after he left and and the incident happened people are bitching at jungle boy because he forced punk out and like some yeah. to see the craziest shit so it's really really odd um mm-hmm. but again i will take this to SummerSlam because i was there um triple threat match with bianca charlotte and Asuka. Yeah. Moving along, moving along. I thought Charlotte lost her top. Holy shit. And then that didn't happen. And then Bianca wins. Holy shit. She won. And then holy shit, EO Sky cashes in. Mm-hmm. And being live for a cash-in is the craziest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. It just... You ride the ups and downs of a match that you see live. Just soaking in the match just soaking in the match watching the performance here you go left right you see all this shit bell rings okay cool then the music hits of one of the best musics of all time 
and then you realize what's happening. You go, oh my God, I get to see something really fucking cool. EO's cashing in the title right now. So I started to feel bad for all the people who get to see the Damian Priest stuff where it doesn't cash in because I got to see one. Uh, it's so, so fucking cool, man. Uh, so I was, we were surprised to watch a heel like EO. Everyone enjoy the moment for EO and yeah. then go back to booing her the next week was phenomenal. She got to soak in the moment, be the baby face of the moment, eight second match. And just, it was beautiful. So uh, my holy shit moment, probably for the rest of my wrestling life, is seeing EO uh, cash in at SummerSlam. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with the sentiment there because I mean, I know the biggest holy shit moment of my life to this day is going to be uh, Becky winning the Rumble. Because I was just right there, you know. Um, Moving along, comeback of the year. I'm going to start with Clump. Clump, what's the biggest comeback of the year to you? This is a hard one. I mean, you're it's I would say Jey Uso. Mm -hmm. I would say that because yes, he's never I never really been off, but seeing him like have this resurgence in his singles career, you know, I I, I was also gonna argue he's my breakout star, but mm -hmm. him as a solo competitor. Uh, has been pretty amazing. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, Bishop, who was your comeback of the year? Uh, is it one of the three Cody comebacks? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Chelsea Green. That's That was what I was alluding to earlier. Uh, Chelsea's someone, when she was in NXT, arrived on Raw, she would have a match and get injured. And there was all this hype around her because people knew who she was, and I had no fucking clue. And every time I saw her, I was like, oh, okay. She goes out on the indie scenes, messes around with her husband, does a whole bunch of stuff that just looks stupid. I, I, I was like, whatever. She comes into WWE and does the whole, uh, let me talk to your managers shit backstage. And then she does, you know, all the all these verbal antics. Then she gets in the ring and looked pretty good. So the fact that she went from me not wanting to see anything she's ever done to actually being entertained by her, by all means, I'll give her the respect of comeback of the year for sure. For sure. And I thought she had a solid run with the tag titles with the whole, as we talked about in episode one, you know, the, the percentage of wrestling to talking is what really weighed on how entertaining she was. Uh, but I thought the overall run she had this year was uh, night and day from what we've seen from her in the past. So yeah. congrats to her on coming back and, and making an impact. Yeah, and what could have been her with her and Carmella as a as a team? Yeah, they just they just started it. Once like, oh my god, this is gonna be gold. But um, go around and have a baby. Going around and having the baby. Congratulations to her for such. For me, the comeback of the year, the biggest comeback in all of wrestling, was Clump making his big return back to wrestling on the rocks. That's my guy. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, little buddy. Well, go yeah. back. Well, go back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You still got it. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> By that we mean yes. yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could still outrun my own shit stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a callback to an episode one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Gr Lunar even says clump, clump, clump. Clump. 
clump, clump, clump it up, clump, clump, clump it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if I knew I was going to come back, I would. Yeah, if I knew I was going to come back, I wouldn't have sold my, you know, giant PC and podcasting setup that I had. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, interesting when you want to come back and said, "I've got an iPad now." I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, different. Ah, uh, got an iPad, think... got AirPods. Yeah, Those people that podcast with less, you'd be all right. Wait, you have AirPods and you're not using the AirPod mic? Yeah, I am. That's interesting. You just can't hear the whole room, can you? Oh, all right. Well, whatever. Rookie. I mean, I, I mean, hey, wouldn't be clump. Yeah. Rookie of the year for 2023. And for me, I went specifically rookie on the main roster, uh, not rookie in wrestling. Because, you know, for, for rookie in wrestling, you could always do like a Logan Paul who's had six matches. You could always do the, like last year, Tiffany Stratton who had, had like none matches. A year or two ago, you could have put, you know, Jade Cargill because the first match ever was on TV. You know what I mean? Uh, but for me, I went with with main roster because the main roster is such a different beast. And we've seen it time and time again between NXT and the main roster. There's constant lost in translations, constant not working the same way and what kind of adjustments have to be made. And for me, this one person meshed in so well on a high level. And that was Grayson Waller. He was my rookie of the year because this year alone, we got to see him talk face to face to John Cena and not feel out of place. We got to see him run the Waller effect with a lot of top guys. And then mm-hmm. no point did it feel like, what's he doing there? You know what I mean? Like to me, Waller's one of my favorite heels right now to watch grow. And I felt like he shoehorned himself right into the main roster and made an impact in a really big way. So with that, I'm going to yeah. go over to Bishop. Bishop yeah. I, I agree, man. I, I agree. Some Waller too. I had, I had a real hard time with this category because I was looking at last year and I had Roxanne Perez because when she she made, what, two appearances, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, and didn't look out of place and then absolutely killed it in NXT. But then yeah. I looked back at the year before that and I went with Bianca because her main roster run completely outperformed her NXT run. And you can see when you, when you come to the next level and you do put in the work. Um, again, we had what his, his first match on the main roster – was against Edge, you know, and then he goes against AJ Styles and Jay Uso and Rey Mysterio and Bobby Lashley, and not one match do you go, oh, this guy sucks. It's, you know, it's why having Logan Paul as a breakout star last year because he was just phenomenal, you mm-hmm. know, out the gate. So um, I think Grayson Waller definitely deserves it. And to that point, hopefully we get someone next year who is really just a burst on the scene uh, talent, yes. no other. Because that would be really cool to see. Yeah. Club, who you got? Probably Trick. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because like, I like what they're doing with him. I think he, I mean, he's got charisma in spades. He does great in the ring. You know, I, I think Trick's got to be mine. All right. That's fair. I, don't problem I, I, almost, wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been shocked if you put him as breakout. But rookie, I, I almost, work. yeah, I almost went with Trick. Because he's been around just as long as everyone else, but he finally has the opportunity to wrestle and show his own. And Mm -hmm. in that kind of context, when you really aren't doing the wrestling, I mean, if you if you're a manager for three years and then you wrestle, you're technically a rookie wrestler, you know, 
So I, I can I can buy Trick. I almost went that way too. And Trick's a great example of the potential of Jade Cargill in a way. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't put him out there too fast, too hard. They really slow played him and gave us the slow burn on him while they were working with him. So when he came out, he would not miss. Right. It feels like that we could start seeing, like you said, next year, you want to see Jade and Bailey. I don't know if we would see Jade this coming year, not till the end of the year, maybe. But if we do, I know it's going to be impactful and it's going to be that slow burn. OK, let's have her do a couple of promos and start on the live loop. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be that kind of thing. Jade's going to be wrestling in front of people, not on TV first while she's building a program. Like, and hopefully it's against someone like a Bailey, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think tricks a great example of that system protecting people when they, they need it because their potential is so great. Uh, breakout star of the year, breakout performer. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm gonna go Bishop. Whoop. Whoa. I just, whoop, hey, here we go. Yep. Episode go Bishop, one. cut the camera. Yep. <laughs> and go. Um, I, I, Man, I was tossing with this one, too, because I think whoever was going to go for breakout performer was going to end up in the in the wrestler of the year conversation as well, uh, be it male, female, or overall. So yeah. for breakout, I just, I'll just give it to Dom. I think what Dominic Mysterio has done this year has been so far and above what any IWC hater could ever think was possible so much so that they still don't give him credit. And I love it at survivor yeah. series war game. He there, he's getting chance. Dom, you suck while he's inside of a cage. It's amazing. It's absolutely in, amazing. In a cage with eight people. Yes. <laughs> There's eight people doing things. And they're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> and from really from the match at WrestleMania with his dad forward, he has been on his own, really cultivating his own career. Yes, he's with Judgment Day, but the character and in-ring work has been supported by Judgment Day only to the, like a whisper of Rhea is what gets him to the next level. Those early yeah. promos of the Judgment Day, what was happening, right? They would boo Dom out the building, and as soon as Rhea would talk, they would stop. Yeah. And that type of organic character growth while, by the way, putting on fucking amazing matches. And to, to your point earlier about what Becky's been doing going up and down, Dom's the only other one. Dom has yep. been going up and down with NXT all year long. And I don't want to say he didn't do anything for NXT title, but what he did is he brought the eyes and remindering from Raw to NXT. Why? Because you want him to lose. And that's mm -hmm. what you want out of heels, is you want them to lose. And the matches that Dom has had, have been fucking awesome as well. So shouts to Don for being a breakout performer, a kid who we watched wrestle during the pandemic look like he couldn't tie his own shoelaces to a kid now who they trusted with CM Punk's first match back. So shouts to Dom. Yeah. Brought us the first cinnamon toast crunch match. You Hell know, yeah. that was a big deal. And, and Rey Mysterio remains undefeated in cinnamon toast crunch matches. So, uh, Hell yeah. yeah. Big shouts to everything that the Mysterios are bringing to us, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and all. I hope to see more of that as far as it got me buzzing. I want to see Rey Mysterio's streak continue and have some more Cinnamon Toast Crunch matches that he uh, wins. Well, that's the next category. We got to do breakout performer. I thought it was someone else next. It's me. <laughs> I need my glasses. 
for breakout performer of the year, I went with the easy one, the shoe in, the stupid not to say it, because he's got everybody saying L A night. Yeah. 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 You know, I let him talk to me. I say it when I'm supposed to. <laughs> to be honest, though, what he's done this year, I mean, Dom did great thing, but prison changes a man, right? Yes. There's only there's only so much you can do on your own, but once you are hardened by by prison, you're just going to be different. So, uh, Ellie Knight, what he did is he went from a model, a manager of models. He wasn't even the one wrestling. He never wrestled as Max Dupree. It wasn't even Max Dupree. Nope. Like how weird, how and how crazy to think about that too, right? Just from the uh, from the indie days when he was Eli Drake, it was Eli Drake. He comes into NXT and he's L A Knight. He goes to the main roster and they're like, "How about we give you Max Dupree?" Like, what was with the like, why'd you have to do that at the end, you know? And apparently it got to the point, supposedly, and, you know, unconfirmed and ridiculously rumored, that he almost tried to walk out of the company. He was like, look, I'm stopping this or I'm just not going out there. And they kind of kowtowed to him a little bit and just said, you know what, fine. But if you fail, you're done for. And he was, that's all I ask. The chance to not fail, right? Or the chance to fail. And he goes out there and he becomes L.A. Knight, just rocket launched into the stratosphere of 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 superstar, the megastar, number one merch seller for months. Even with Punk being back, he was like the number one merch seller for the day and two, and his shirt was the number one seller. But the overall of the month yeah. was still L.A. Knight. Yeah, Punk had the overall had had the number one item, but yeah. L.A. Knight had the overall sales. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it's insane to give that guy a platform to try it out and to and to win them over. And it's something we all saw. Clump, you and I were going on and on about him on our old happy hour show when we do mm-hmm. watch along NWA Power. We're just like, this fucking guy. Yeah, he's fucking guy fantastic. Is. Yeah. Uh, so so for me, it's LA Knight. He's I, another guy I got to meet that was a really good dude. And I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And I kept saying it all of the year before. I was talking to people and telling them if they just gave him a chance, I'm telling you, he'd went over the whole crowd and I was ridiculed by major people. A lot of people were telling me, nope, he's a one and done. A lot of people I hear even say on the side of their mouth that they think that they're going to kind of run this, this run up until mania. And then he's just going to kind of, that's going to be the end of his career more or less. He's going to do nothing else. Like they're just going to let that Peter out. I just don't see it. That's Hmm? such a terrible wrestling take because when you look at how, protected his pop is right now they don't overuse it when he wasn't on survivor series they waited until the right moment to bring him out on the next smackdown they save his pop they don't they do not abuse it they do not overuse it there's zero chance that they're going to run this dry zero dude he comes out once a show Mm -hmm. he's not Mm -hmm. coming out two or three times you know what i mean i think he makes uh, that show yes and he makes it matter too. Like you remember that, and people are waiting for that. I remember at SmackDown when I was there, we were all disappointed he didn't show. A lot of people I heard even in the hallway. So I thought LA Knight was going to be here. You know, uh, he turned out he had like COVID or some shit that week. So 
Uh, I even said it when we went to SummerSlam, you know, the the L.A. night chants in the hallway, in the in the causeways, in the crowds, it replaced the woos. You know, you yeah. go to a show, everyone, showed, they think they can woo, so they want to start a woo thing. It was done. Everything was L.A. night, and then everyone in the crowd, everyone in the walkways. Yeah, like it's it's it took it all. It's it's here. It's here yeah. and it's staying. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where it's like um, we always talk about being right is always a good thing. Right. But L.A. Knight's one that I've been behind for a long time. And it's been really cool to see to see him get that opportunity and to do it. Um, and it's been funny to hear the people who were ridiculing me for saying so much about him are using my exact rhetoric on their <laughs> podcasts and stuff and saying, oh, yeah, there's this. And you're like, OK, well. Whether you believe it or not, you know that it's not true or you know that it's true. Right. So uh, so for me, breakout performer, L.A. Knight, I think was a was an easy get for me. Just. I get happy when I see him and see those reactions, plus his arms are so fucking big, dude. Did you see when he was pointing over at Roman next to A.J.? His arm was fucking half. It was so fucking big. It's ridiculous, dude. Club, speaking of big old thick arms. What's your one more round? Something you wanted to see more of that you didn't quite get enough of this year. You got a little taste of it. You wish you got more. You're going back for seconds. You want a double scoop. You got one scoop. I mean, I liked it. Uh, I, I, I think we could see more of Jake Paul. Jake or Paul Logan or Paul. Logan Paul? Logan Paul, yeah. Okay, because Jake Paul was on a kickoff show for one of Logan's matches, and it was fucking rough. <laughs> Never mind, yeah. Logan Paul. I yeah. I hate the dude as a social media guy. I hate the dude as a YouTuber. But as a performer, you can't knock what he does. He does it yeah. so fucking well. I, I, I could see more of him. Um, yeah. I think him as a heel... And like really leaning into it would be absolutely amazing. Like leaning into all like I, I think that there's just so much you could do with it, and he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's an easy one. Let's go to Bishop. Bishop, what do you got? One more round. Something you wanted more of. You only got a taste, and you want uh, to in your mouth. Yeah, Cody losing singles matches. Uh, uh, he didn't lose. Right, you're out. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> he didn't lose clean all year. His loss to Roman had to. Uh, you know, interference, his uh, loss to um, Brock Lesnar was a pass out, not a submission, which it, it is clean, but it it's just take a fucking three count and and overcome something, not just the inability to be in the main event for the title. Um, having his story weave through and get to where he needs to work with Jay to get the tag titles and work with the group in survivor series to overcome these obstacles. It brings more depth to the story to actually get fans like me. Cause I know I'm not the only one to give a shit about him winning. So I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. I got, I got one more, one more though. Something that was thrown into WrestleMania that we haven't quite had before. And we haven't had since, and I'd like to see more of it was the tag team showcase matches. Those two matches, the one night one with the men and night two with the women, they were happenstance and they were fucking awesome. And I'd like to see stuff like that again, where we just get a full on display of our division and a definitive winner. Uh, but a chance to see a lot of our favorites uh, in in one match and put on good stuff. So 
uh, those are my positive and negative takes of one more round that I'd like to see. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy take. That's those those tag matches were easily some of the most throwaway from that entire mania, dude. It was, it was like, you, what are you talking about, dude? The first one was amazing. It was the talk of night one until night one progressively got better and better and better and better. I thought they were the great. Guys match? Yeah. I barely even watched it. I could not give a shit. That's it was the happening. problem. Go back and watch it. You'd be like, you know what? No point. No point. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't get me to watch to begin with, it can't be the match of the night. Uh, I would just like to see more stuff like that. That's one more round. Because everything else, honestly, dude, the way the way we've been talking about WWE lately, um, they give us what we want. You know, we're not really missing out on a lot of things. So, yeah. you know, those unique things like a tag team showcase. Or what you're about to go about, because uh, I thought about that too. These gimmick matches that we got, the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Like I thought you were gonna you know. say Slim Jim Battle Royal. Yeah. When you said that mania. I was like, he's going Slim Jim, fucking breaking <laughs> into it right now. Dude. He's gonna snap into this, and you did not. You let me down. But no, I, I, I like, I just like stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. more ladder matches. You know, shit like more that. ladder matches. More fun stuff good. to see. More of your favorite talents, but yeah. more cinematic punch matches. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, Cody lost definitively to Brock. Clean. Whatever. Clean as fuck. He got choked the fuck out. When you're watching UFC and someone goes out by choke out, you go, nah, what a fuck finish, huh? No, no. So the end of this, <laughs> the story, the story told in that match and the the ending of it was about how resilient Cody is, not how yeah. badass Brock is for choking him out. That's the yeah. problem that I have. It took Brock having to choke him out to put him out. I'm going to choke him out. Right, which, this isn't which fucking Seth Rollins where all you're going to do is kick him in the balls a few times. You know what I mean? Like a Rochambeau for the title, I'm always down for, but it's not the best story of a match. It's a Rochambeau. AJ and Shinsuke had a good Rochambeau. Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar was all Rochambeau. Brock Lesnar choked him out. Choked him like a chicken, dude. Yeah, but didn't didn't beat him. Cody didn't lose oh. that match. He lost. He, it's, he did not it, stay uh, awake. If and you that's fall the only during a movie, you lose the movie. He the should movie have, won. He should have been pinned. But no, let's protect Cody because, you know, he's Dusty's boy. But but Vince McMahon hates Dusty Rhodes. He, yeah, he, all he, got, he got fucked for years by Vince. He's, he's good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see him that's, lose, just go back to his first run. He did a lot. Yeah, go back to Stardust. <laughs> Yeah, his resiliency in his story didn't start the moment he came back. His story goes back. <laughs> goes back Stardust to little mustaches. Dope. Dude, did you see, because they just released a new Stardust figure, when they were doing the, on the last premium live event, they were having everyone be like, oh, for the holidays, buy this toy and buy the, here's our merch. And they had he Cody just covers it up slowly. He just <laughs> slid a Roman figure right in front of Stardust while he's looking away. So fucking good, dude. <laughs> it was awesome. For me, for my one more round, something we wanted to see more of that we didn't get enough of. This is probably, I wouldn't say controversial, but it probably would be something I have to defend is I'm putting damage control. Because as a unit, they didn't get the chance to shine in a way that I think that they should be able to shine. And realistically, the injuries kept derailing where the story was going. It's kind of dragged out without purpose. And I'd like to see more purpose put into damage control. And with the addition of Asuka into it, I feel like we're getting that direction. 
the injury that sustained Charlotte, I feel like kind of revitalized where we at. Bailey's kind of upped it up a notch in her role in, in damage control. I want more of this damage control because the damage control we had in the beginning felt like it should have been bigger than it was and just seemingly could not get their footing. They seem to be jobbing all the time. And I want, I want the potential of what this group is, what this women's faction is to be played out. You're full of shit. Oh, fuck you. Dude. <laughs> fart in your mouth, dude. They may have ended like a big four pay-per-view now. Oh, you talking about fucking the war games? Yeah, that's a big four pay-per-view. That wasn't the main event, dude. The main match. They like co-main evented it. In the first match. That opened yeah, the, the first show. match is as Bruce Pritchard said, the first match is about as important as the last match. If you ain't right first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. If you're a main event, but you're not last, well, then you're first. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, shit, WrestleMania had like six main events, you know? Three for each night. Every match is a main event match. I I don't disagree on damage control. And I think, I think it's because we talked about it, I believe, on episode one, how this new, the new promo kind of set things forward mm-hmm. in a, in another direction. It reset the, the Bailey leaving to the Bailey um, in control. So I like it. Producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support and buy us a drink by putting the I and subscribe and reviewing our podcast and cheers to fans first sports network for keeping the dive bar lights on. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.